Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 2017 to look at the comedy horror throwback to the 80s I guess you could say and that's the babysitter. And there goes the doorbell so that could be the babysitter. So let's play you guys a trailer and I'll see you soon. What up see? Be cause if there's any trouble okay? Call don't cause any trouble. I bet B has boys over at your place all the time. That's what babysitters do. Seriously, have you ever been awake after she's fallen asleep? I love her. Babysitter is trying to kill me. But the attacker's in the house. They're downstairs having a blast. Alrighty, babes, let's head upstairs and get the blood of the innocent. This would go viral. I mean, nobody's done human sacrifice. People have always done human sacrifice. Yeah, but like, not in America with hot people. Hey. when you make a deal with the devil. Why is he shirtless? That's your first question? There's only one way to end this You guys suck. You crazy bitch. And welcome back guys. So the synopsis of this film is when Cole stays up past his bedtime. He discovers that his hot babysitter belongs to a satanic cult that will stop at nothing to keep him quiet. It's a R-rated movie, it's uh, got 6.3 on IMBD and it's classed as a horror comedy. It was directed by McGee, um, he's an American film director and he is known for other films such as Charlie's Angels, uh, Terminator, Salvation I think he directed. And he's also the executive producer for some hit TV shows such as Chuck and one of my favourite TV shows which is Supernatural. And he's written by Brian Duffield and he is known for the Divergent series which is like a sci-fi trilogy. I think it's kind of aimed on the sort of Hunger Games success. Um, but he wrote this movie, I think he's done a really good job. And like I say, it's like a real sort of throwback to the 80s and that. But I'll get into that in a minute. Let's quickly talk about the um, cast... So it stars Judah Lewis and he plays our main protagonist in this, he plays Cole. And he went on to go and do other movies such as The Summer of 84, Christmas Chronicles. And I believe that there is a sequel coming out to this uh, film which I think is coming out this year. Um, and I think there's also a sequel to Christmas Chronicles which is a really good film with uh, Kurt Russell. 
There's a lot of hype about it on um, Facebook and social media, so that's doing really well. And um, Samara Weaving, she's incredible in this film. Uh, she's doing a really good job as well in the film world. She was in um, a couple of episodes of Ash vs. the Evil Dead before this. Uh, a film called Monster Trucks. And then she went on to go and do another successful horror movie. Uh, I think it was all the hype at the uh, Fright Fest a couple of years back, which was uh, Ready or Not. And I think her latest film was uh, Guns Akimbo. And... She will be turning up in the latest Bill and Ted movie as well, so look out for that. And some of the other cast members, just to name just a few, we've got Robbie Amell, Hannah May Lee, Bella Fawn, Emily Lind, Andrew Batchelor, Doug Haley, and Leslie Bibb. So that's just some of the cast names, just a few. So um, on the whole, with the cast, it's fairly, relatively unknown. I think some of the cast members are in maybe TV shows, a couple of movies that we all know, but generally it's a unknown cast. I don't want to say that because it sounds like I'm discrediting it, but uh, what I will say is I, I think that's quite a good thing for a film like this is because I think sometimes if you do have, say like a, an A-list cast or someone that you know, sometimes you can sort of relate them to another film and you're comparing them. Whereas I think if you have a fresh cast and people that you can't relate to, I think that helps this movie and I think it has helped this film because it's all it's all fresh. I think the story's really good and as I said earlier, I think this film is a throwback to the 80s. I think it works really well. And funny enough, I introduced this film to my daughter who's in her teens and she absolutely loved it and she said to me, she said, Dad, is, it, is this an 80s film? Because she's, you know, I've introduced her to an awful lot of 80s movies. And she actually thought this was <laughs> an 80s movie. And I said, no, it's not. But that's kind of, um, that's a testament to this film and the movie makers and that to how much they have captured that 80s vibe. And whilst I'm on that subject, it's a good one to talk about is because um, I don't think there's, there's anything different in this film to what we haven't seen before. And... It's got the actual blueprint from an 80s action horror movie that we all love, but somehow it's managed to do it different. It's managed to make it feel fresh. And like I say, it's got like a fresh cast. Um, the story runs at a pace. It's got all the elements that I love in a, in a horror movie um, where you've got like a kid in distress in his neighborhood fighting some sort of force of evil. And he has to deal with that. And it's a good, um, it's a good premise. I love it. Um, but like I say, having said, uh, you know, it isn't anything that we haven't seen before. But it's kind of been jigged about a little bit, and I kind of overlooked this. And it wasn't until I watched it again recently where I noticed that they've actually changed. It's almost like a slasher movie done in reverse. So you'll just explain what it is. So the antagonist in this film is a group of teenagers and you've got like the cheerleader you've got the pretty girl you've got the sort of leading guy say for instance so these are the antagonists but it's these would usually be the victims in a slasher movie if that kind of makes sense so what they've done is they've almost done a role reversal of making the victims the killers and then you've got Cole, who's the kid in distress. He's almost become, if this, and I'll explain it if this makes sense, he's almost become the slasher because he's taking them all out one by one the way the slasher usually would 
in a movie and I think it's very clever so the way he kills them he sort of blows one up I think he stabs one he goes through all these it's, it's brilliant I'll get that into that later on in the film but um, I think it's a very clever role reversal of the slasher movie which I overlooked to be fair when I first watched this film so it's like the uh, the writer and the director has got like a snow globe it's put everything into that which is from a horror movie so you've got the slasher and all that as I just explained and then they've just shook that globe and mixed everything up and that is basically the babysitter so it's like a it's a mix up of the genre which we're familiar with but done differently and I think that's what makes this film fresh ultimately and also you know the actors in this the characters are great and I've said this before you know the the bad guys in this are just as good as the good guys in terms of characters they're not boring they're very interesting um and i mentioned that before in previous episodes i think me and dan mentioned it in the lost boys where you've got the um you know the good guys are just as good as the bad guys they're very interesting looking characters i think the cinematography in this film's really good it's shot really well the soundtrack's brilliant to it and all the other characters are in it are very good as well. I mean, <laughs> there's uh, Melanie, the girl next door, which is kind of like the love interest to Cole. Now, her dad is kind of like the annoying father driving around in his muscle car. <laughs> and again, when he turns up, he, he's only in it for a little bit, but just little characters like that. And I said this to my daughter, funny enough. I said, I said as I'm getting older... I said it's. I used to be when I was younger. I used to relate to the cold character, but now I'm getting older. I'm actually relating to the annoying father in the muscle cars I was watching. So I know I'm getting old now when I'm relating to those sort of characters. So, but yeah, no. On the whole, guys, it's just um, as you can probably hear in my voice, I've I've got a lot of love for this film. I watched it. Um, like I say, and the other thing I need to mention is a Netflix special as well. Um, I think it was originally going to be released at the cinema, but Netflix took it on. Um, but yeah, put it on, and um, I was very pleasantly surprised, and I really enjoyed this film. So, um, so there you go. That's the. I think that's mainly the building block and the production of this film. So let's do a bite-sized review of the Babysitter. So the film starts off with 12-year-old Cole Johnson, who is our main protagonist in this movie, but he starts off as the bully kid at school, and you've got a scene here where he's bullied by a group of kids on their bikes, and there's no favours done for Cole because he's probably the only kid in the neighbourhood, he still has a babysitter whilst his mum and dad go away, and one of the kids goes up to him and says, has your balls dropped yet? But this is where Cole kind of holds his own a little bit, where he says to this kid, he says, well, why are you so interested in my balls like that? So he throws one back, but he gets taken out by these three kids, but then he is rescued by the babysitter, B, who tells these kids off and then they run away. So then, like I say, you just introduced all his characters, as I mentioned earlier, you've got Melanie's daddy turns up in his muscle car, and then Cole's parents go away, and then he's left with B, who is a, a beautiful young teenager. She's a hot girl in the neighbourhood. He's a lucky guy. And you get a scene here where she comes out of the swimming pool in her costume. And then they're getting on really well. And then there's a bit where they start dancing and they're having a lot of fun. And then I think they're reciting some quotes from other movies. I think she mentions like um, characters from other movies, such as like Ripley. And they play this game together. So generally they're getting on really well. 
And then he gets a text from um, Melanie, the girl next door, so which is like say it's a bit like Cole's love interest. And she kind of gives him a bit of a warning saying, yeah, look out for B because there's something sinister about her. And Cole kind of acts on this when it comes to like bedtime and B gives him like a like a sort of sleeping potion or something like that to make him go to sleep. And then so reacting to Melanie's text, Cole pours the potion into a palm plot or something like that whilst B's not looking and he says, yeah, I've taken it. And he pretends to go to sleep and then she goes outside the room and then she goes downstairs and then this is where uh, B's friends have turned up and you've got Max, John, Anderson, Sonia and Samuel. And again, as I said earlier, these are kind of like all the typical roles of a slasher victim turned into the antagonist. And this is where it turns out, this film doesn't hang about either, it gets on with it and it turns out they're basically a satanic cult and they feel like they need to to be able to keep young they need to slain someone and this person is a school friend he doesn't seem like he's part of this group he seems like a bit of a geek to say you know and he, he doesn't seem like he would fit in with this role but he feels like he's lucky at this time because he's just about to get kissed, kissed by the hot girl at school which is B and then as she does this she pulls out a set of garden shears I think and she just slams it into his skull straight into his brain there you go boom and you've got some again you've got some practical special effects here you've got some gore scenes you've got blood that goes everywhere and Samuel screaming he's still alive and whilst all this is going on this is where Cole is looking from the banister upstairs and he's watching all of this and at this point he's thinking oh my god Ben and he's right they are satanic cult I'm now going to have to try and get out of the house or do something about this. So he goes back into his bedroom, he calls 911, puts on his shoes and he gets his pocket knife. And then he goes to sleep and he pretends to be asleep. And then B comes into the bedroom with some of the cult members and she draws a sample of his blood and then she leaves the room. And this is where Cole tries to escape through a window. But then B comes in, she captures him. And then he passes out through some type of uh, exhaustion. And then in the next scene you find him, he finds himself tied up in a chair downstairs. And this is where you get B trying to explain to him it's all part of a science project. You know, he's got nothing to worry about. But then Cole's not having any of this and he's got his pocket knife and he's like trying to cut his way out of the ropes. But unfortunately there's a mirror behind him and this is where one of them says, oh look, he's trying to cut himself out. And he's still trying to do it. And at this point, this is where Cole starts to hold his own. He's gone from the scare kid. And he's starting to turn into a badass now because he's starting to throw back a few things to um, the group where one of them comes out and says, I think it's Max. He says, oh, we wouldn't know what an orgy is. And then this is where Cole goes, yeah, I think I do. I think that's what sad people do just to make themselves feel even more sadder. And this is where Max goes, actually, that kid's got a point. So do you know what I mean? He's just throwing stuff back. And then you get the police, they turn up, they run through the door. And at this point, you think, oh, this is it. Cole's going to be rescued. But no, uh, Max throws a metal rod through one of the policemen's eyes. And then someone shoots. And then the cheerleader, Lashley, gets shot through the chest. And this is where Cole escapes and he runs upstairs. And I think it's where John, one of the characters, he runs up, tries to get him. And then Cole pushes him over the banister. And you get your first like kill scene here where he falls through a spike and gets impaled 
So you get our first antagonist get killed here. And so now from now on, you've got the police dead and you've got Cole who's escaped through his bedroom window and he's um, hiding underneath the house. So this follows the sequence of events, hilarious events, where you've got Cole now. He's under the house and he gets followed by Sonia and she's chasing after him in the basement and then this is where he gets like some bug spray and he sprays it all over and he ignites it and you get this like huge explosion and then after killing Sonia with this explosion uh, Cole runs through his treehouse and he's getting followed by Max and you get another kill scene here where Max um, chases Cole up into the treehouse and then he falls and then he sort of hangs himself on some rope it's all by, by accident but it works in Cole's favour and then Cole's only choice here is to escape to his next door neighbours where he finds Melanie. But then he's followed by B, who then enters Melanie's house. And this is where Cole apologises and he says, you know, he had no choice. And now they're being chased by B. So then Cole gets Melanie to call the police and then he returns back to his house. And then this is where he's confronted by Alison, the one who's been uh, shot through the chest. And she's waiting there with a kitchen knife. And I guess with this scene, as I said earlier, it's kind of like where you get that sort of like slasher vibe. And you think that Alison is going to have like a bit of confrontation with Cole, but it kind of takes a little bit of a twist here. You don't know where this is going because then B turns up with a shotgun and she shoots Alison. So she is now dead. So B is the only one out of the group that is still alive now and she's like pursuing Cole. And this is where she says to him, that when she was young she made a deal with the devil to get whatever she wanted by sacrificing innocent people and reciting some verses from an ancient book but instead of killing Cole she asked him to join him but Cole refuses and he burns the book and then whilst B is trying to put this book out Cole gets out of the house and he goes to his next door neighbour and that car I was telling you about earlier many of these fathers car he gets into it gets into that muscle car and he drives it straight through the house and he uses this to enable to kill B. He drives straight through and knocks her over. And so in the end, Cole has become a badass. He's taken out all the bad guys. He's destroyed B. He's stopped her from all her sort of satanic plans. And he's also um, won the heart of the girl next door, Melanie, who's impressed with his actions and that. And the fire, fire and the police turn up. To sort out all of this mess in the neighbourhood, Melanie's dad's upset about his car. And then the film ends with Cole phoning up his parents, basically saying, Mum, Dad, I don't need a babysitter anymore. So there you go, and that's how the film ends. So that's it, you know, it's, as I said at the beginning of the show, this film moves at a pace. It doesn't hang about, it does everything you want it to do. Uh, the story's really good, the characters are great. And ultimately, it's just a fun movie, and it's like I say, it's just a throwback to the 80s. So, there you go, guys. That is The Babysitter. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. If you have seen it, hopefully, you're a fan like me. So, hope you enjoyed that, guys. I'll be back for another episode soon. I've got a guest coming onto the show, which is Gav Chucky Steel, and we will be talking about Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. So, I'm looking forward to that episode. So, that'll be dropping soon. And uh, go and check out all the other shows that I've done. Um, you can find me on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, and several other players if you type in Bite Size Cinema Podcast Legion into Google. 
I've also got a Facebook page, so I post anything on there. If there's any films that you want me to review, um, put them on there. I'll see if I can try and check them out, put them onto the list. And I'm also a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so go and check out all the other shows on there. I'll play a promo at the end of this. So there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And as I always say, keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon. then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by the cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.